up, you beautiful, beautiful legends. I know, I get it, you love me. This is the Dummies of Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Hollywood Tim Davis, recording on a cold and chilly Thursday night here in uh, New South Wales, Australia. And I have finally, finally had time to sit next to the microphone and discuss the last two events from WWE and AEW. Yes, we are talking about Night of Champions, WWE Night of Champions, and AEW Double or Nothing. My thoughts and everything else about these two events. It has been a fucking weekend. Let me tell you that. I'm sure we can all agree. To those people that watch both events, much like myself, I'm sure it was a uh, busy weekend for you all. But I'm here, and I apologies that it's taken me a little, little longer to get this review out. Um, you know the gist. It's just a busy fucking year for all of us, I'm sure, but you understand. I am here with my thoughts on both events, and then later we will get into the prediction results and find out who is currently, after AEW Double or Nothing, who is currently the Dummies of Wrestling World Champion. If you didn't get a chance to watch my video that I made after WWE Night of Champions, you may know, or you you may not know, sorry, that uh, I lost my championship to a newcomer. A newcomer. Someone just came in and robbed me of my world title. That person's name is Elsie. And look, I, I'm not a, I'm not a sourpuss. All right. I will congratulate this person. This person was better than me on that particular night, but uh, I, I swore vengeance against Elsie and I swore that I would get my title back, but I will save that for later. Did I get my title back or didn't? You'll have to listen at the end of this episode to find out. So what we're going to do here is we're going to go through the review of uh, WWE Night of Champions since it was the first one, uh, and then I'll tell you the scores of that prediction, and then we'll go into AEW, my review for Double or Nothing, and then I will give you the prediction results for that event. Before I jump into WWE, I must say thank you to everyone that gave me their predictions. It just makes watching the shows so much more fun for me. I I, I was thinking about this while I was watching both events, and I was like, I'll save my, my thoughts for both events in a second, but while I was watching them, it was just fun tallying up the scores as it, as it goes along and see who, seeing who's ahead and seeing who's who's winning and how many points do I have to win to, to get back in front and all these different things. So it makes it a lot more fun for me personally. So I just want to say thank you to everyone that gave me their predictions. And to those people that didn't, um, there's always next time. We have WWE Money in the Bank coming out at the end. Uh, start of July, I believe. I think it's that. So we've got a month before we have another wrestling event. And quite frankly, thank Christ, because May, we had, what, three? So I can go a month without a wrestling event. Um, so yeah. But yeah, next time, if you do want to get involved, just go to the Dummies of Wrestling Facebook page. I think it's still called Wrestling of Dummies over there. I'm lazy. I forgot to change it. Please don't sue me. Dummies brand. Um, Go over there, you'll see the scorecards for what event it is, fill it out, and send it to me via direct message. 
you'll see my name on there. Just click it and send me a quick little direct message and I'll put you down. It's that easy. You could have bragging rights. I, I wish I could give you more. I really did. I really do. But um, I'm not rich. All right. Just because I have a podcast doesn't mean I'm fucking Joe Rogan. Okay. I'm not rolling around in the dollars. So I can't really just send out a replica belt or anything. That's up for you. That's, that's, that's for you to do. And you're more than welcome to get your own championship if you are, if you win. But it's mainly just bragging rights. It's just a fun little shit thing that we do. But, uh, I take it personal because that title was mine, Elsie. And, uh, yeah. I have a bone to pick with you about coming in and robbing me. Anyway, let's get into it. WWE Night of Champions. Yes, sir. We promised you a great man here tonight. What is here? The China. WrestleMania. is running wild. My God, what a WWE Night of Champions, live from Saudi Arabia. And these pay-per-views are always interesting because uh, there's a, there's been a lot of shit that happens in these pay-per-views. I mean, we, we can all remember the Goldberg versus Undertaker match, which was uh, <laughs> a nail-biter, we'll say that. Um, and then there's always some type of news to come out of Saudi Arabia. Remember the, the time where the wrestlers and the crew got hijacked and told they can't leave? All these different things. So it's always it's always interesting going into these pay-per-views as to what's going to happen. Is something going to happen? And this one was actually interesting in a positive way because this was the first time that Sami Zayn could attend since he's uh, of Syrian um, background. He was not he was not allowed to step foot in the uh, in the Saudi Arabian place. But now he did, and we'll get to him later. But um, yeah, I, I believe that the experience this time around was a positive one. So congratulations, WWE, for, for doing that and uh, making billions and trillions of monies. So we start the event with the finals of the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament between Seth freaking Rollins and uh, AJ Styles. And... My first thoughts about this being the first match was this is this is a fact right now that you're opening the show with this over Roman who's in nothing but a tag team match. It just proves that this is just nothing more than a secondary title. Apparently, uh, Seth Rollins needed to fly back to the US to uh, continue filming for his, uh, his uh, Captain America movie. Which is entitled New World Order, funny enough. So Seth Rollins, uh, I don't really like your character, but you're more than welcome to join me and Heather here on the uh, NWO side. Uh, but yeah, apparently he had to fly back over to the US to continue filming. I don't know. This is what the dirt sheets are saying. I can't be, I can't be held responsible for stating facts. I'm just, I'm letting you know what I read. Whatever. Um, Seth Rollins comes out. With his fucking baby teeth and his in his gear, which is just I, I do not fucking like Seth Rollins' shitty fucking gear. Every time he comes out, he what he's a baby face now, but he still comes to the ring dressed like a fucking douche. He just comes to the ring dressed like a weird person. No one wears that shit. Like what happened to the days 
of... Okay, I'm going to go back in time right now. 2002, when Triple H made his return after busting his quad, and he came out with fucking Motorhead playing, time to play the game, and all that shit, and he comes out wearing fucking jeans and a fucking leather jacket. He looked like a, me- a heavy metal, like, king. What happened to those days? Nowadays, people just come to the ring dressed in weird-ass costumes or suits, and that's it. Like, there's no... Oh, and then Roman Reigns, who wears fucking a shirt and tracksuits. Like, there's no real cool attires anymore. And it annoys me. And that goes for the same with AEW as well. Like, Wardlow came out on AEW last week, and he wore the weirdest shit. Like, like nothing annoys me more in this world where people wear shoes with no socks and their fucking pants don't go all the way down to their shoes. So you just see ankle i hate that it's the most disgusting look in the world people wear fucking socks just wear black socks or wear pants long enough to cover your ankles no one wants to see your ankles it's just a weird look and this is what metro losers do now like like fucking i don't know what generation we're in whatever but you know like like 19 year olds and stuff they all wear that shit and i hate it it's disgusting and, and i've got nothing against people's ankles that's not the problem here okay it's just a weird fashion sense and I don't agree with I, I don't know take me back to the fucking late 90s when we used to wear globe shoes and stuff like that I mean I still dress like that but whatever that, that's beyond the point so Seth Rollins comes out and he's got his fucking baby teeth showing to the whole world and he's doing his gay little laugh <laughs> I'm Seth Rollins look at my baby teeth <laughs> and um and then AJ Styles comes out looking like a fucking king because at least AJ kind of knows how to dress you know he's an older guy and he knows how to dress better than these youngsters um Rollins in the middle of the match tweaks his knee and they show a replay of what happened to his knee but he's holding he's holding the opposite knee so it kind of didn't match up and it's like at that point I'm like all right clearly it's not real then so thank Christ um AJ Styles hits a pedigree which was cool and um, overall, man, overall, this was a decent match. And I knew it was going to be. I knew it was going to be a good match because, obviously, Seth Rollins and AJ, you can't deny their the uh, the abilities they have in the ring. They're both great superstars. Um, so this match was always going to be good. Um, it was cool to see Triple H come and congratulate Seth Rollins with the championship. Um, and no interference, I honestly, I, I put down in my scorecards that there'll definitely be interference because AJ was feuding with two people at the time. So it was uh, interesting to see no interference, but I'm kind of glad. I think that was the best call to let these guys just go out, showcase their abilities and just put on a banger match. And I think that's what they did. So for me, this match gets a four stars. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Unlike the next match, which, oh, Jesus. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. So we, we touched a bit on entrances and, 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 and ring attire with Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. But Becky and Trish, obviously being women in Saudi Arabia, they don't like women showing skin. Um, so all the women have to come dressed like from like toe to shoulder. They can show their head, and that's basically it. Um, and it's funny, because Becky comes out 
dressed up like fucking Kill Bill or Bruce Lee or whatever. I wrote here she dressed up like a fucking NASCAR racer. Um, but it, it's funny how Becky has to still dress up like the women considering her nickname is The Man. I think it should only be fair that she dresses up like The Man if she's going to call herself The Man and comes out topless. That's just my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I, I feel that if you're going to call yourself The Man, then dress like The Man and, and take your top off. Um, Look, man. Oh, this match here, it was sloppy. And there's only one real person to blame, and that, that's Trish Stratus. Look, she's just not hitting the same beats as Becky. And I get it. She's a lot older. She was. She's not in a prime, obviously. She was back in uh, early thousands, I think, maybe late nineties. Um, look, she's a legend. She's a hall of famer for a reason. She was great back in the day, but I feel like now she has left the ring a little too long, and the ring rust is just taking way too long to rub off. So, overall, man, this match was not very good. <laughs> the match was so fast-paced, but not in a good way. It's honestly like the ladies did like a few lines of speed or something backstage, and they came out absolutely gunning it, and it was just so fast and quick that their moves didn't have time to breathe, and that really bothered me. So overall, man, this was not a good match. I give it a two stars. Zoe Stark comes out at the end. Why? Why has Zoe Stark just lined herself with Trish Stratus? And I'm guessing they're going for a tag team match at the next pay-per-view with Trish and Zoe versus Becky and uh, Lita. I think that's where they're going to go, but who, who knows? I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm interested in that. And quite honestly, I don't know where Becky goes from here. Does she get back into the title picture? Because she's been there. For, it's kind of the same with Charlotte. Like... When Charlotte returns, what, is she going to come back and challenge for the world title and win again, and then we're just going to be bored of Charlotte? It's kind of the same boat with Becky. And don't get me wrong, I love Becky, but I don't know. I feel like she's just... They need to do something more with the women and, and not just fight for the titles. They need to have actual more rivalries that are better written, not just Trish Stratus coming back. I don't know. Whatever. Two stars out of out of six for me with Becky versus Trish. Next match was the Intercontinental Championship between Gunther and Mustafa Ali. And before this match, we actually got a video package of Mustafa Ali uh, and his time in Saudi Arabia. And it was so positive and uplifting about how he feels about Saudi Arabia that there was a point of me that I was like, holy shit, are they actually going to give... Mustafa Ali the win here? Is he going to be the one to break the uh, the streak of Gunther? And there were times in this match that I was like, Jesus, he's going to he's gonna win. This is crazy. And don't get me wrong, I, I do like Mustafa Ali. I think he's really talented in the ring. But no, this he should not be the one to dethrone Gunther of that streak. Uh, I think Gunther is doing absolute wonders with the Intercontinental Championship right now. He's making it so much more relevant, and that is so needed with this championship because it's been buried for so many years. I, I can't even say how many years. Probably probably close to 20 years 
the Intercontinental Championship has been buried. And they're finally bringing it back up. And I think it just still needs to be brought back up to the point that Gunther can't drop it yet because he's doing such a great job with the IC title. But luckily, Gunther wins. And um, this was a decent match. Wasn't my favorite Gunther match or anything like that. But I'm slowly starting to warm up on Gunther. I think he's really good in ring. His chops are fucking savage. Like, I do not ever want to receive a chop from Gunther. And if you've never seen pre-WWE Gunther chops, go and search up Walter Chop and on YouTube. And some of the chops he did in the indies, holy Jesus. The sound that comes from men's chests after being chopped by this monster is... Oh, man. <laughs> it's it's painful just hearing it. Yeah, so Gunther versus Muhammad Ali for me was a 3.5 stars. I, 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 I appreciated their performance. Next up, we've got a um, backstage promo with Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. And the only reason I'm bringing this up, because it didn't really allude to anything, but the only reason I'm bringing this up is because Kevin Owens was wearing a shirt saying, Bad guys last forever with uh, Razor Ramon standing there. And I just want to bring that forth because that shirt was fucking awesome and I really want it. Next match, we have the Raw Women's Championship between Bianca Belair and Oscar. Um, Why is it still the Raw title when these uh, SmackDown superstars, like, what what is happening? Rhea's holding the SmackDown Championship. She's on Raw. Bianca's... holding the Raw Championship, she's on SmackDown. What is happening? Usually they do something, they, they, they do the stupid thing of just swapping championships. They haven't done that this time and I'm questioning why. My, thir- my first thought is that Bianca was holding this championship and they didn't want to stop her reign by giving her another championship. But now that Bianca has lost and Oscar is now the champion, Maybe they can swap belts. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, I just think it's dumb. Um, one of the questions on the scorecard was, where is the fucking scorecard? Oh, uh, what color mist does Oscar spit? And uh, it was blue. She spat blue, and I was the only one to pick blue. Most people had green. Some people had black or red, but it was blue. Clearly blue. But um, it was interesting because she sprayed the mist out and I first thought, oh, was that too early? Did she fuck up there? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it was all a plan and uh, a really good one, actually. I will be brutally honest. I've said in the past that Bianca Belair is not my favorite superstar, but she has given me and us some of the greatest matches over the last year. Her WrestleMania match last year was fantastic. Her SummerSlam match last year with Becky Lynch was incredible. Uh, she, I can't remember who she wrestled on WrestleMania this year, but it was great. This time against Oscar was not one of those matches. I felt it to be really lackluster and quite boring, to be honest. Up until the ending. The ending for me was great. Oscar sprays the mist, then gets it all over her hands and rubs it in Bianca's eyes. Thank fuck Bianca is done. I was so bored of her as being champion. And 
even though it wasn't the story or build-up that we should have gotten with these two superstars, I'm so glad that Oscar is now champion. So just because they're ending alone, I'm giving us a three stars. If it wasn't that ending, it would have been a 2.5. SmackDown. SmackDown Women's Championship. We've got Rhea Ripley versus Natalia in a <laughs> four-second squash. Rhea Ripley comes out and absolutely dominates for literally a minute and pins Natalia to retain the championship. Look, man, we all knew that Rhea was going to retain, but what was the point of this match? Just to show how dominant Rhea is? Natalia flew hours away from her home to lose in less than five minutes. And I'm guessing she got a pretty good payday out of it. That's fine. But seriously, she flew hours upon hours just to get squashed in that amount of time. Now, where do we go from here with Rhea? Who does she go up against? Because quite honestly, I can't think of the women's roster. <laughs> I, I cannot think of anyone on the on the Raw women's roster that, uh, besides Becky, but she's in a program with boring Trish. I can't think of where she would go from here. It seems that everyone else is now pregnant and out of it. So do we get a returning Charlotte? I, I can't even remember if she's on SmackDown anymore. Do we get a returning Charlotte to come back and face Rhea? That would be that would be shitty. I don't know where we go from here. Where does Rhea go from here? I, I honestly don't know. But this match was not really a match. I gave it a one star. Brock versus Cody Rhodes. Gee, okay. You all know my feelings about Cody Rhodes. I do not fucking get the hype from this guy. His theme music is shit. I do not like his theme music. I don't care if everyone goes, well, fuck off. I, who cares? His theme music is boring. My father said something about being a father. I don't, fuck off. And his name is the American Nightmare. He's not even scary. Like, if you're going to be a nightmare, at least put a fucking red and green sweater on and burn yourself. Do something scary. American Nightmare, my fucking ass. Cody Rhodes is boring. He's boring. And I'm sick of his little catchphrase. Well, what do you want to talk about? Nothing with you, because you're boring. He's a mid-carder. That's all Cody Rhodes is. Fucking Cody Rhodes. Anyway, Brock squashed Cody. It was great. I give it a three stars. <sighs> then we get to the main event. We get to the main event. No, okay, let's go back to Cody versus Brock for a second. I'm not going to squash over it that much. Um, if you didn't watch Raw this week, then quit minor little spoilers, but Cody Rhodes has called out Brock again and apparently claimed that Brock is scared of Cody. Why is Brock scared of Cody? Did you get dropped on your head or something and can't remember Cody? Brock was the one that called, like broke your arm. He's not scared. Why are you saying he's scared of you? It's just dumb. It's just dumb. So we're getting Cody versus Brock 3. We all kind of knew this was going to happen, and that's fine. And I guarantee that Cody's going to win. whoop de fucking do Because Cody's going to go through hard times, just like his daddy did. And I guarantee I will put my... I will put um, fucking money on the uh, on this that WrestleMania next year is going to be Roman versus Cody. And Cody's going to get the win and be world champion, and everyone's going to... Probably by that time, not be into it as much. Because WWE dropped the ball this year. 
which thank fuck they did. But um, yeah, I honestly believe it's going to be Roman Cody next WrestleMania. I'll put money on it. I will put money on it right now. $12. That's all I've got to my name. <laughs> all right, now we've got the main event, the tag team championships between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Bloodline. Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Um, Roman Reigns and Solo come out. Roman's theme is just fucking gorgeous. I love his theme music. It's so good. So good. Um, Kevin Owens comes out. He's cool. Then Sami Zayn comes out to the biggest fucking pop. And he comes dressed in a white gown. And the crowd is just loving Sami Zayn. And the start of this match, Paul Heyman grabs the mic and introduces the bloodline. But then Sammy grabs the mic and speaks in Arabic to the crowd. And I have to bring this up. And I'm sorry, Rob, but fuck it made me laugh. Rob, our, our, our lovable friend here, Rob, from the uh, the Bullet Club old. On paper, we're enemies, but I fucking love Rob when he says things like this because it makes me laugh. Uh, Rob is... He's a joker. So for those people out there that get offend, will get offended easily, don't get offended. It's just a joke. But Rob messaged uh, uh, the group that is me, Scott, and Heather. And um, when Sammy was speaking Arabic, and Rob mentioned, <laughs> Rob asked, is Sammy having a stroke? Which made, <laughs> which made me fucking laugh. I thought it was hilarious. So those fucking people out there that find offense with that, fuck off. Um, I thought it was funny. But yes, this match was a match. It did its job. This match did its job. It made me excited to see what happens next with the Bloodline. And that's exactly why they put this match on last. The Bloodline... The Bloodline is the only story... Realistically, the only story in WWE happening right now. Trish versus Becky is another story that's not really told well. Cody versus Brock, we don't even know why Brock attacked Cody in the first place. It's not a good story. The Bloodline story is the only story in WWE right now. There's no other story. Every other story is just, I want that title. That's it. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. So... WWE is clearly failing in their storytelling department, but with the Bloodline, the Bloodline story is one of the best stories in the last, probably since Austin versus McMahon. Like, quite honestly, like I love the invasion angle, but they could have done so much better with that. There's other stories that have come and gone that were really, really great. Um, Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels was great. There's other stories that have come and gone. But the Bloodline story and how it's evolved and how it's come to be and it's taken all this time, it's it's long-term storytelling at its best. I honestly think that this is one of the best stories in many, many years. And it's not over. We see Jimmy Uso super kick Roman Reigns in the head twice. And I'm so curious as to see where this goes. Does Roman forgive his cousin and say, maybe I have been a little hard on you and I deserved it. I apologize. I don't think so. Do we see Jimmy versus Roman at the next pay-per-view? Because apparently, um, 
much to the dismay of a lot of people who thought Roman was taking the summer off, Roman is not taking the summer off. He will be working or he'll be appearing in six of the the eight next SmackDowns and also will be at Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. So I don't know where they're going to go. And that's what's great about this because it's not predictable. We're all on the edge of our seat to see where it goes. And Roman is just killing it with his acting and his storytelling. He's doing the best work in his entire career. And it's crazy to say that because a few years ago, when he was telling stupid stories about Jack and the Beanstalk and saying things like suckering succotash, he was boring and just written horribly. And now that he's been written properly and feels like he's being himself, it's making it so much more enjoyable. So this match here, uh, I didn't actually write. I, I, I will give a four stars as well, just because of storytelling. I thought it was fantastic. So really keen to see what happens with the bloodline. But that is my review of Night of Champions. So let's get into the predictions. I have it all written here. The score is out of 14, and I was your world champion. You kind of know that I'm not anymore, um, which is a bullshit travesty but coming in last with a score of 8 out of 14 with a tie between Paul Lindsay and Scott Crawford coming in second with uh, a score of 9 we have a four way tie between Zach Davis Rob Hungy Don Anelli and myself and taking the title off me with a score of 11 we had Elsie Elsie Barnett fucking came in and robbed me of my world champion. Bullshit. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. But you know what? You know what? We still have another pay-per-view to talk about, which means Elsie may or may not be still champion after it. So let's get into my thoughts on AEW Double or Nothing. AEW Double or Nothing. Here we go, people. The pay-per-view that I was more excited for out of the two, to be quite honest. Mainly because AEW doesn't have as many as WWE. So when it comes around, I tend to get more excited. But overall, man, besides two matches, I thought that this pay-per-view as a whole was good, but not great. I thought that a lot of these matches failed to really capture any enter- any entertainment. Um, and we'll get into it by match, but I will say one of these matches was an absolute blast to sit through. Uh, another one of these matches was a lot of fun, but there were a lot of matches that I was excited for that kind of failed to live up to the hype. So overall, I will say this pay-per-view was good. I, I, I got my money's worth. I did, but I don't think it's AEW's best by a long shot. 
by an absolute long shot. I don't think it's AEW's best. But we start the pay-per-view with the International Blackjack Battle Royal for the uh, International Championship. And um, one of the questions on the scorecard... Oh, actually, before we start, I, I just have to mention that Scott Crawford from Bullet Club Old did mention that I never put up my predictions on the uh, Facebook page, which I did say I would do. Uh, the reason I didn't is because I was still filling out my scorecard um, close to the event and completely forgot. <laughs> That's honestly the truth. Uh, but I will go through what I did pick um, throughout. So you can tell if I'm cheating or not. And if you do want more proof, I can take a photo of the entire scorecard and so you can see what I wrote down and everything. If you guys don't believe me, then I understand. I shouldn't put my predictions up and I apologize. But uh, yeah, this match, this pay-per-view was hard to pick. It was. There were times where I was like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. So I'll tell you what I picked and uh, I'll tell you what I got right and wrong. And I'll be completely honest. Completely honest. Okay? I don't I don't want to do this show if I'm cheating. Like, I'm a heel in character, but... In real life, I'm, I'm a decent guy. You know, some people say I'm really nice. Some. So we start with the International Blackjack Battle Royal. One of the questions on the scorecard was, who is the Joker? And a few people did give me their picks, but a lot of people said that there wasn't a Joker. And I thought, we'll leave this question open, just in case there is. But if there's not, then I'm going to completely scratch this question. And there was not. So this question was completely scratched. Uh, I wrote down Andrade. Um, I know some people wrote down Miro. Some people wrote down Scorpio. Uh, Matt Cardona was mentioned. And even myself. Uh, someone said that I would be the Joker, which that's just a dumb... You're just losing points right there because clearly I'm uh, NWO material and NWO aren't in AEW, okay? They're licensed to WWE. Come on, guys. So, AEW, Blackjack Battle Royal, I had a big problem with this, a real big problem, that this was a battle, uh, Blackjack Battle Royal, and you had all the participants already there. And I think that was a fail, because the the, the enjoyment of these matches is seeing who's coming out next, much like the Royal Rumble, and we didn't get that. We didn't get a Joker or anything, so I did not like that. And quite honestly, I was kind of bored during this, up until the ending, up until the final four, which was Big Bill, uh, Swerve Strickland, Orange Cassidy, and Penta. Then, from then, it was great because you didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, every single one of us, except one, picked Orange Cassidy to win, myself included. And I think that was the right ca- right, uh, right winner. So Swerve Strickland and Cassidy went back and forth, and it was an absolute nail-biter to see. And I'm so glad that Orange Cassidy did win, which is fucking crazy to me, because I've kind of been bored with Cassidy winning and winning and winning, to the point where I was watching this, and I'm kind of rooting for Orange Cassidy to continue his his reign. He's warming up to me, I've got to admit. So overall, this match was fun. I don't think it was as great as any other Battle Royal I've seen. I think it was a bit lackluster to start off with, but it got better as the match progressed. So I'll give this a two and a half stars out of six.
Oh, next match we've got Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho in an unsanctioned match with Sabu being the special enforcer who really did nothing in this match. Um, Daniel Garcia comes out with the, with the Jericho Appreciation Society and he keeps doing that fucking dance and I hate it. I hate his stupid dance so much and I get it. You're a heel and you work in the crowd. Good for you. But God damn, that dance is ugly. I really don't like it. Um, this is the match that I was referring to when I thought that it was kind of lackluster. I was so keen for this match after the reveal of Sabu being the enforcer. I just didn't think it lived up to its hype. It had some cool moments. It had some uh, nail-biting moments, especially with Cole being, like, dropping from the top rope down to the table. I thought that was, interest- like, scary. Um, but overall, I thought there would be more carnage. Like, okay, not as much as Anarchy in the Ring, Anarchy in the Arena, sorry, but I thought there'd be more carnage than what it was. And I think the use of the chain at the end of this match made the match feel a little sloppy because neither of these guys could really do their moves properly. Um, Sabu in a suit. Why is he wearing a suit? I don't know. But him diving through a table was fucking hilarious. Um, One of the questions on the scorecard was interference. And this is a question that I stumbled with a bit because I thought, all right, Cole has Sabu, Sabu, (laughs) Sabu and uh, Roderick Strong. That's two. And Jericho has the Appreciation Society. So that's uh, four right there. So six. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, but Britt Baker is involved in this. And then if she comes down, is Soraya going to come down? So then so then that's, that's eight. And I had written eight. I had. I fucking had written eight. And then I thought about it. I'm like, no. Britt will probably be more involved in the women's championship. So I took her out and I wrote six. And I'm fucking kicking myself for it. But um, yeah, a lot of people put six. Um, Rob Hungy put one. Come on, Rob. What are you doing? <laughs> so the answer was six. But Brick Bacon comes out for the save. Um, then Soraya comes out. Flying chairs everywhere, which is fucking great. I love watching the flying chairs. And that ending... I honestly thought that is that the way it was meant to go down with with um the the ref stoppage. I thought something actually might happen, but clearly that was the way it was going down. I don't know, man. This match just felt a little lackluster to me. It did. I've got to be honest with you guys. So I'm giving this a two and a half stars out of six. And I know I might be a little biased, but um. I don't know, Jericho's one of my favorite wrestlers, and I just felt it wasn't as great as it should be. I've given a Jericho match a six stars when he versed MJF in the career-threatening match. That was a six-star match for me. So I know Jericho can do better. This just wasn't one of his best, in my opinion. Um, Let's just quickly go through the rest of the scorecard here. Uh, We had uh, Cole versus Jericho. I put Cole. Um, Everyone did except one. Uh, Interference, I put six, which was wrong. Thumbtacks. Uh, Originally, I had written yes, and then I thought, no. Jericho does do thumbtacks, but I thought, Anarchy in the arena. That's more of a Moxley move, so I crossed it out and wrote no, and thank fuck I did. So I wrote no, and does Sabu bleed? No. I wrote no, so he didn't. There we go. 
Tag titles between FTR and Jarrett and uh, Jay Lethal. Jay, uh, sorry, not Jay, whoops, sorry. Mark Briscoe. Mark Briscoe as the special ref, uh, special guest referee. Mark Briscoe is fucking cool, dude. <laughs> he dresses like a fucking champ. He honestly, you know, <laughs> he dresses the same as me. He comes out wearing a bandana with a hat over the top of it. He wears fucking like camo shorts. He wears fucking skate shoes. That's how I dress. So I instantly like this dude. And if you don't believe me, go on my fucking Facebook page. Look at my pictures from years and years ago. You will see that I clearly dress much like Mark Briscoe. He's been probably doing it for longer. So I'm not taking credit and saying, oh, you copied me. But I just like the way he dressed. All right, leave me alone. Um, and... The Briscoes, their music's fucking cool. I I am kicking myself, man. I really am because I never really got a chance to watch the Briscoes perform when when Jay was alive. Um, they were always Ring of Honor people. I I never really got access to Ring of Honor, and that's not that's not an excuse. Like I should have gone out, and I, I was told many times to go and watch their match. I know Scott Crawford told me to watch the dog collar match between FTR and. Um, the Briscoes, and I didn't. I still haven't. And I mean, I, I always could go back and, and watch their stuff, but it's like, what's the point? <laughs> I'm never going to see him wrestle in real time. So, yeah. Unfortunately, that sucks. Rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. But speaking about music, Jarrett comes out, Jeff Jarrett, and I think I'm the only person in the world to say this, but I fucking dig Jeff Jarrett's music. I've always kind of been a Jeff Jarrett fan. I mean, uh, ex-member of the NWO, Jeff Jarrett, if you remember the uh, 2000s year with uh, NWO Silver. It was good times. Um, this match was decent. Decent match with some fuckery happening. Aubrey getting the guitar smashed on her head. Whoa! We all kind of saw it coming. Eventually, eventually, I mean, with Aubrey somewhat getting involved in the match because Aubrey kind of puts herself out there and into the matches. So, it was cool seeing Aubrey uh, get a guitar to the head. Overall, I enjoyed this match. Nothing great, and I'm glad FTR retained. Uh, this was kind of predictable. Um, the questions on this scorecard were, who wins and does Mark Briscoe turn heel? Uh, everyone, every single person wrote FTR to win. Uh, does it Mark Briscoe turn heel? No. And most people did write no. There was a couple that wrote yes, but uh, Mark Briscoe did not turn heel and instead helped FTR win. So, decent match. On to the next one. Next match we've got is the TNT Championship between Wardlow versus Christian. And in my honest opinion, I still think it should have been Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. I want to see that match. Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. I think that'd be a much more entertaining and hard-hitting match. Wardlow comes out with Arn Anderson, but Arn Anderson quickly runs backstage. Later on in the match, Arn Anderson kind of wiggles his way to the ring. Arn Anderson's funny, man. <laughs> he just makes me laugh. He's so old. I've never really been an Arn Anderson guy, even back when he was with the Four Horsemen. I was never huge into him, but he just makes me laugh. And he comes into the ring... And uh, you can clearly see that something's in his mouth. 
His mouth's all puffed up like he's holding water. And then you can tell why. Because he bites Luchasaurus's finger and blood comes all his mouth. But blood goes all over Arn Anderson and it just made me laugh. I was kind of hoping that Arn Anderson would pull out the Glock like he did with QT Marshall and Luchasaurus would get scared and run away. I thought that was fucking dumb. But um, Wardlow in the middle of this match climbed a massive ladder and did a swanton onto Luchasaurus. And while I thought that was fucking cool, at the same time, I'm like, why is Wardlow risking himself for a guy who's not in the match when Christian could easily just right now, while he's down, jump on the ladder and climb and win that championship? You got to think about things, Wardlow. Don't worry about Luchasaurus. Think of the guy you're versing. Uh, this match, honestly, was like a cheesy horror film. It's fun, but filled with silly effects and bad decisions. I had fun with it, i got to admit. There were some cool spots into it. Decent wrestling. Christian is looking like an absolute douche, but he's doing it in the best way, wearing his turtleneck sleeveless cutoff. Um, three stars for me. I thought this was fun. Uh, what are the questions on this? So who, TNT Championship, who wins? Interference and thrown, does anyone get thrown off? So I had Wardlow winning, uh, two interfere, obviously, Luchasaurus with Christian, Arn Anderson's with Wardlow, so I had two. And does anyone get thrown off? Uh, everyone wrote yes. So it's a ladder match. It always happens, whatever. Uh, next match, we have the Women's Championship between Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. And Tony comes to the ring looking great. And then Jamie Hayter's music plays and it takes her a while for her to come out. And then we knew that something was happening backstage, but it turns out that Soraya and Ruby Soho are attacking her. And I thought that this match would be called off. I, I really did. And I thought that Maybe they're saving this for a bigger event or something like that because the build-up was nothing. There was no build-up for this whatsoever. It was literally announced two weeks before the event and I thought maybe they realized that they fucked up with the storytelling and all that stuff so they're going to leave it. But no! Tony Storm beats Jamie Hayden to be the new women's champion out of nowhere. Holy shit, out of nowhere. I did not expect that. Um, apparently, according to the dirt sheets, Jamie Hayter is legit injured. She has something to do with her shoulder. Uh, so maybe that's why. I honestly thought that she'd be keeping that belt until All In in London, where she would fight Soraya. I thought that's what the way we were going. Maybe they still are. Who knows? But, um, yeah. I don't think we'll be seeing Jamie Hayter for a bit. So, yeah, unfortunately not. Uh, fine match. Look, two and a half stars. I thought it was fine. It was kind of a squash, to be honest with you. Uh, but, Women's Championship. The questions were, who wins and how many interfere? Uh, I had Jamie Hayter retaining. Most people did. A couple of you picked Tony uh, to win, which was, which congratulations, you won. How many interfere? I picked four, and four was the correct number. Me and Scott Crawford both had four, so wait for us to go. Uh, next match, we've got the Trios Championship between House of Black versus The Acclaimed, and 
this match was not on the scorecard because since when did this match take like when did when did they book this match? I heard nothing about this happening. Nothing at all. Am I wrong? Did any of you guys know this match was happening on the on the event? I I didn't hear about it, so um This match was great, man. House of Black. I fucking love House of Black, man. I know, I know my girl, Heather, she's not really a fan of them. That's fine. We can like and dislike what we want. Uh, But House of Black come out looking like a fucking, I don't know, Norwegian black metal band. Looking great. And I dig it, man. Their masks look cool as shit. I just dig it, man. So, um, the acclaim came out. And Max Caster has one of the best raps yet. And if you... I'm, I'm not going to say it because I'm not a rapper. So <laughs> I'm not going to butcher it. But I uh, go back and listen to it because it's fucking great. If you didn't check it out, I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. So, um, Am I am I wrong? But I'm pretty sure that Acclaimed, the Acclaimed won like a trio's battle royal or something to face for the trio's championship. Did that happen? Am I am I thinking of something else? I'm sure that happened. Let me know. Because I want to know what the go is with that. Uh, look, this was a pretty good, pure wrestling match. No fuckery. A great show of talent from all six guys. This was a great match, man. This was a pure wrestling match with some of the, some of the best talent in AEW. The, all the acclaimed are fucking great. The House of Black, all three of them, are just brilliant. The House of Black, man, they need to hold that championship for a long, long time. Because I, um, I, I really think that they deserve it. They're doing some of the best work. And unless they're going to go with Alistair chasing for the world championship and maybe Buddy and, um, and, oh, fuck me. What's his, what's his name? Now I'm drawing a blank. Buddy Matthews, Alistair Black, and... I know you're screaming at me right now, and I can't think of his fucking name. The big bear dude. He's more of a dog, where he wolfs. Anyway, they can go for the tag championships. That's the only only way I would, I would, I would allow them to drop the trio's championship. But this match was great, man. Three and a half stars for me. I dug it. They then show an ad for the AEW games, and... <laughs> I'm sorry, man. The graphics don't look good in this at all. I just, yeah, I, I will I will play it. I'll probably buy it, but I'm hoping that that looks better than what they were showing us on TV. Next match, we've got the TBS World Championship. Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie. And uh, there was only one question in the scorecard. Who wins this TBS Championship? Who wins? Uh... A lot of people picked Jade. I picked Taya. Taya Valkyrie. And the reason being is because Heather convinced me to pick Taya. Because she said that they're touring Canada soon. And uh, what better to have a Canadian champion. So I thought, hmm. It's been a while since Jade's held that title. It's time for her to take it off. I didn't realize she was 59 and and, and O. If I knew that, I probably would have picked Jade. But no, I picked Tyre, so I lose that match. Um, so Tyre has sexy girls dancing like strippers, but comes out to really no pop. 
I didn't really notice a pop with her. Jade's entrance was um, something. <laughs> she comes out to that song, The Pretty Girls Walk Like This, and then starts dancing with the backup dancers, and it was kind of cringeworthy. Me and my wife were watching her and we're kind of like, ugh, I don't know. I wasn't really into it, but Jade, I will give props to, man. She actually looked better in this match compared to our previous efforts. Um, Overall, it was a fine match, but it's the ending that we really have to talk to because Mark Sterling challenges anyone at any time to come out and challenge Jade for a title. So we get the returning Chris Statlander to defeat Jade in her first defeat to be the new TBS champion. Thank fuck. Thank fuck, honestly, because I was so over Jade. I was done with it. I wanted it to be over. So, yeah. Congratulations, Chris Statlander. Fine match. I give it a three stars. Then we've got the AEW World Championship. Not in the main event. Ooh, and this made me think, okay, something's happening with the anarchy in the arena match is CM Punk returning tonight. We'll get to that in a second. Jungle Boy comes out with his own normal entrance and Sammy um, Sammy Guevara comes out with Tay Conti or Tay Mello, whatever you want to call her. And um, he comes out with the cue cards and I fucking hate the cue cards. But on this rare occasion, you got to congratulate Sammy for knocking up Tay. Well, we, he did it. So congratulations, Sammy and Ty are pregnant. So yeah, starting a family, a young little family there. Congratulations to them. Um, Darby Allen, his entrance is next and he's was kind of weird. I wasn't really into it. He comes dressed out as a Elvis impersonator, half, and then half skeleton, which was cool. I dig it. But then we got MJF's intro and that was the best. Raining on his throne high in the air, and he comes down with the devil mask, with the uh, violins playing his theme music like a fucking king. And you know what? When I was champion, that's how I would have wanted to be presented to the world, high up in my throne. Um, man, this match here was fucking brilliant. This match was incredible. This match was so good in every single aspect. This match is easily going to be remembered as one of the best matches of all year. I loved this match. Absolutely loved it from start to finish. There was so much in this match to love. Um, MJF doing commentary during the match, screaming, what the fuck? Or calling Sammy Guevara a fucking idiot. Like, things like that was so good. Then you've got all four guys doing their mentors' moves. You've got so much back and forth with this match. It was so entertaining from start to finish. We all knew MJF was winning. We all knew that. But this match was fucking spectacular. I loved this match. I don't usually go back and re-watch matches, but if I was going to, this is the match that I would throw on first. Holy shit, this match was so good, man. I I cannot praise all four of these talents enough. Every single guy, Jungle Boy, Sammy, Darby, MJF, they all did phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. They tore the house down. This was 
in my opinion, the best match in the entire card. I, I don't see. I don't know. Is it the best MJF match we've gotten this year? I honestly think so. For me, I think, I think most people will go to his um, Iron Man match with Dan, uh, Brian Danielson, but. For me, this match was so much more entertaining. I, I fucking loved it, man. So, 5.5 stars. The only reason it doesn't get 6 is because it didn't have that emotional feeling, much like uh, Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. You know? So, that's the only reason it doesn't get a 6. I cannot go higher than a 5.5. This match was great. The scorecard. We had who wins, is there blood, and who pins who. Every single person had MJF winning. Is there blood? I put no because of Anarchy. I, I thought Anarchy in the arena and Cole versus Jericho, there's going to be blood there. So they can't have too much blood. So luckily I was right. Who pins who? I picked MJF pinning Jungle Boy. And the reason being is because Jungle Boy was holding the championship on Dynamite, the week prior to the event and I thought ah okay they're making everyone show that uh, that Jungle Boy has held the title he's going to be the one to be pinned uh, everyone else every single other person besides uh, Paul Lindsay who also chose Jungle Boy everyone else chose Sammy Guevara to be the one being pinned no one got it right because Sammy I mean MJF pinned Darby so that was interesting okay 5.5 stars man that match was oh, just great the main event, we've got Anarchy in the arena. Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. We've got the Elite coming out. Carry on, my wayward son, blasting through your arenas. I love that song. And then we've got the BCC band. I cannot remember the band's name. Coming out and playing Wild Thing. Um, <laughs> the singer wearing a black mask, half black mask and then painting the other half of his face black uh, has caused an uproar on social media, claiming a lot of people uh, don't appreciate his black face. So I'm not going to touch upon it. You, you probably don't care about my opinions on that, so who cares? I will say that I, I, I thought it was funny how the band played for, oh, for like 15 minutes during this match until the uh, Young Bucks super kicked the singer. I thought that was funny and uh, a little nod to the last time they had Anarchy in the Arena where they just couldn't turn the music off. That was funny. Um, one of the questions here was who bleeds first? And funny enough, it was the ref. The ref bled first, but I didn't give it to that. It has to be one of the superstars. Uh, it was Moxley. Most people had Moxley. Uh, Paul Lindsay was the only one who chose Brian Danielson to bleed. And sorry, Paul. <laughs> it was Moxley. You never doubt Moxley when it comes to blood. Um, this match was fucking nuts. It was all over the place. And I enjoyed it. But I felt like there was too much anarchy that you couldn't follow. You couldn't watch everything. And I get it that that was the way it was meant to be played. But there was so much happening that not even the cameraman could keep up. Not even the uh, the editing room could keep up. We saw uh, Moxley being thrown into a poker chip with barbed wire on it. And they cut 
back to something else happening and we missed it. So there was so much happening that that's why this match kind of lowered the score for me. Still an entertaining match, but then we get the turn with Take a Shitter. I can't remember how to pronounce his real name. Takashida or something like that. I'm just going to call him Take a Shitter. Uh, turning, turning heel and aligning himself with Don Callis. Whoo! Interesting. At first I thought, is he with the Blackpool Combat Club? But I don't know if he is or not. I don't know what the go is with that. What's happening with that? So we will see. We will see. Overall, this match was fun. Four stars for me. I enjoyed it, but it compares nothing to the uh, the Pillars match, the Fatal 4-Way. So overall, man, I thought AEW Double or Nothing was a decent pay-per-view. It was fun. It was good. It's just not as great as the other pay-per-views that they've had in the past. That's my opinion. Let us know your opinions. Did you like it more? Do you you agree with me on both pay-per-views as well? But now it's time to go through the scorecard. Uh, I will mention right now the Anarchy scorecard questions were who wins, who bleeds first, and who pins who. I had the Elite winning, which they did not. BCC won, uh, who bleeds first, as I said before, Moxley, and who pins who, I had um, Hangman Page pinning Brian Danielson, and that was not the case, it was Wheeler Utah pinning Omega, wow, alright, so we're going down with the scores, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, alright, so, the scorecard is out of 20, out of 20, people. So, uh, let me just pick, okay, coming in last with a score of 10 out of 20, my hat's off to you, Mr. Paul Lindsay. Paul, I love you. You are, you are true champion in our hearts. You know the reason why you're a true champion is because you've never turned your back on me. You haven't joined me, but you've never turned your back on me, so I appreciate you. Coming in next with a score of 11, we have a tie here. Rob Hungy and Donna Nelly both come in with 11 out of 20. Rob, go back to your old ways of the Blackpool. Not the Blackpool. What, what, I, what fucking group did you steal from? The Bullet Club. The Bullet Club. Rob Hungy. Go back to the Bullet Club. Donna Nelly, thanks for coming. You just didn't make it. Coming in next... With a tie of 12 out of 20, we have Zach Davis doing his darndest to to be up there with the big boys. Just didn't get it. And also tying with 12, we have the champion, Elsie. Elsie coming in with 12. Elsie, let me remind you, Elsie still could retain the championship if there is a tie. If the final score results in a tie, the championship holds the title. So, coming in next, with a score of 13, we have Scott Crawford. And where does that leave me? I haven't announced my score yet. And the reason being is because, Elsie, unfortunately, your score was a fluke, Dals, because coming in with a score of 14 out of 20, suck on that, Scott, me. 
I am once again your reigning, defending NWO champion, Heather. Grab my championship. You know where to put your mouth. Oh, yeah, that's right, baby. I am once again your champion. You're welcome. You are welcome. Elsie, you, you, you did well. You did well. You did well. You can try again. You can try. But I guarantee you, you got nothing on the Black and White Express, baby. You got nothing on the NWO. Hollywood Tim Davis is here to stay. And I know right now, this makes me so happy because I know right now that Scott and Rob over on the uh, Bullet Club Old, they're seething right now. They're absolutely disgusted. They had two times, two attempts to take that championship off me and they failed both times. Scott, I will give you credit. You came so close, so close to winning. But in the words of Vin Diesel, doesn't matter if you win by a mile or a minute, winning is winning. Whatever he fucking says, I don't watch those movies, whatever. But I am your champion, I am the Dummies of Wrestling NWO champion, Hollywood Tim Davis, keeping his title on point. Oh man, and you know what, I'm going to remind you, each week that I am champion, on the Facebook page, so uh, all I've got to say now is... You're welcome, and good night.